0: All right, so we are we're moving on from, we are continuing rather what we started discussing, I think last week or two weeks ago now, um, we started a, discu- a discussion on on the believer's authority. All right, um, first we said, yeah, this was two, two weeks ago, we said we looked at how how that God has given every believer authority. Uh, we saw how Adam lost the authority in the Garden of Eden and uh, we saw the path that Jesus Christ took to regain that authority. And then last week we looked at how to exercise authority. and uh, We said there are two main ways um, that we exercise authority. Number one is by prayer. And then number two is by speaking forth the word of God. And uh, I believe it was, it was a blessing. Personally, I was blessed um, even after the, after the Bible study. So for those of us who were not able to partake of it, um, particular Bible study last week we have a podcast by the way that's true um, so we have a podcast we have a podcast account yeah so you can e- easily listen to any of the previous um, Bible study <clears throat> Bible studies on the go and the link to the podcast so is on Anchor FM for now only on Anchor FM and we hope to put it, put it on other platforms uh, moving forward but for now it's on Anchor FM it's anchor.fm.com, dot, sorry, anchor.fm slash Bible. Hold on, let me put it out. It is, it's forward slash Bible community. Um, So if you're in the WhatsApp group, I would repost it. I posted it earlier in the WhatsApp group, I will repost it. And please, if you're not in the WhatsApp group, you can send me a private message. I'll just send you the link to join, or probably just send the link to everyone right now. Um, if you're not in the WhatsApp group. So let me just let me send that right now before we move on. Um uh, send it to everyone. Yep. So I just sent a message to everyone. So you can use that link and join our WhatsApp group so that every other subsequent information you will have access to it. Also, before we start, like I stated in the WhatsApp group, um, this is going to be our last meeting for this for this year. We will take a break. Um, for the end of the year and also to prepare us for the new year, I would let us know when we are starting our first meeting. It most likely will be the second Tuesday, but I would, I'll confirm that it most likely will be the second Tuesday in January. Um, we'll resume our meetings, but um, the, the group will still be active, of course. I would share things in the group. Okay, thank you, thank you for that time. So we're gonna move right in. Today, we're gonna to look at power and authority. Basically, juxtaposing both of them, knowing what the difference between power and authority is, and then knowing how they both play a vital role in the believer's life. We want to explore power and authority. Basically, so let me start with here yeah, and just throw a question out so we we'll know. So, I, I mean, I get to know what we understand so far. What is the difference between power and authority? And when I say power and authority, I mean spiritually, not political power, not military power, or anything spiritually. What is the difference or, or yeah, what is the difference between power and authority? Anyone wants to help with it? If you're in our last, if you're in our first, no, you're in our last two classes, you should have an idea of of it. So, yeah, someone help us. What's the difference between power and authority?
1: Okay, based on our last two lessons, okay. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, I won't have been able to. <laughs> a clear difference so based on the last lesson so i know that power is a gift yeah and then authority is based on a relationship with christ because we are with christ we have that authority
0: okay great 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 thank you for that all right anyone else wants to give us any difference i mean again you you, you don't have to be even if you're not sure um even if you think you are wrong, just say it. Let's all learn. Any other one? Any other person tell us the difference between power and authority? Anyone? Anyone? Wants give it a shot. What is the difference between power and authority? Spiritual power and authority. Okay. Um, was someone raising his hand or her hand? Hmm. No one, no one, no one. Go in, go in. Give it a shot. Don't worry, your idea is not um, will not be cast away. Just try and let's see. Okay, so nobody else wants to try. Hmm. Okay, so does that mean? Let me ask us then. Um, um, if if you, if you if this is your first time hearing that there's a difference between power and authority, spiritual power and authority. Can you just indicate by raising your hand or by giving a thumbs up or something? If this is your first time knowing that there's a difference between power and authority. So I'll just know where we all are. You can just give, raise your hand to indicate something. Just show me. If this is your first time hearing. Okay, there, this is your first time. Okay, I see your hand up. Another person, first time knowing that there's a difference between power and authority. Um, okay, does that mean for the rest of us? Okay, okay, Oluwatu um, I see your hands up. Okay, thank you. Any other person, hands up. This is your first time knowing there is a difference between power and authority. Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, guys. Okay, well, at least we have two, two people's hands, two people have indicated. Okay, so we're going to go right into the study here, um, and also when I found out there was a difference, it was um, it was eye-opening for me, and it helped me explain a lot of things that I had seen before, and I just had questions in my heart about, you know, um, and we'll explore them today by the grace of God. Okay, so to start with, now, to really help us with the difference, we need to remember that the Bible was originally written in, um, sorry, the New Testament was origi- originally written in Greek, the um, Old Testament was originally written in um, in Hebrew. So the Greek um, in the Greek language, what English translates to mean power, is translated to mean several things in the Greek. In fact, in the Greek, I believe there are four four main words that translated power. The English translates to power. One is dunamis. The other one is exosia, Another one is iscos. Another one is energio, And oh, the fifth one, the fifth one is um, is um, how was it now is accurately translated dominion is kratos yes kratos so there are actually five words in the in the greek right and all of these are found in the new testament that english translates vaguely to mean power but for the for this study we're only looking at just two words right which is um uh, dunamis and exosia now again because of the because english is a limited language we have to just borrow we have to borrow some words from the Greek to help us differentiate between the two of them. All right, but more accurately, dunamis refers to power. That's um, the outworking power of God. And that's where the word, that's where we get the word dunamis from, um, or dynamo rather, where we we get the word dynamo from. So the inherent working power that a a particular substance contains. So so, a particular substance rather possesses. So that is dunamis. Uh, that's translated as power. The second word is exousia. Exosia is translated as authority in English. So those are the two words, right? Power and authority. So let's look at two scriptures that actually show these show these two words. Um, number one is Acts chapter one verse six to eight. So let's start from that. Acts chapter one. Acts chapter one verse six to um, verse six to eight. Son, please read for me if you are there. Acts chapter 1 verse 6 to 8.
2: Anyone? Yeah, sure. All right. Acts chapter 1 verse 6 to 8. Yes, please. So when they had gathered together, they began to ask him, "Yeah, Lord, Lord is this the time when you are res- restoring the kingdom to Israel? He told them, You are not permitted to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the farthest part of the earth. Praise God. Thank you so much. And um, what translation was that, please? It's
0: the New English translation. Great new English translation. So there's something this translation does that I'm 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 happy you read from it because it already separates the two words. Okay. Now, just by, as a background story, um, Jesus was about leaving. He had resurrected, and then the disciples, knowing that he was about leaving the earth, you know, they had to ask a question that was in their hearts. And they said, okay, now that you've resurrected, is it the time that you will now restore the kingdom back to Israel? Because at this point, Israel was still under the Roman um, influence, Roman government. And so they expected that Jesus was going to make some political moves and make take Israel back as a sovereign nation. But so they asked Jesus Christ and said, um, is this at this point, you know, having died and resurrected after three days, is it at this point that you will now restore the nation the, or the kingdom back to Israel. And Jesus Christ said, first of all, it is not given to you. It is not your, it's not for you to know the times and the seasons. In fact, that's a separate conversation on his own, times and seasons. But Jesus Christ said, it's not for, for you to know the the um, times and the seasons that the father has set in his own authority. So Jesus Christ brought this word authority into into the context here. George Christ was basically saying that the Father has some authority that allows Him to determine the times and the seasons of what goes on on the earth. And that is an authority that belongs to the Father. All right. So the word authority is used here. Verse eight. Now, Joshua said, however, you will receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And then we now see the introduction of, of the second word here. The second word is power, and that is dunamis. So George Christ was basically saying, Authority, um, the, the authority to determine to determine the times and seasons is given to the Father. However, power will come to you. That's dunamis will come to you when you receive the Holy Ghost. Um, and you're filled with the Holy Ghost, and you know, you shall be my witnesses to the uttermost part of the earth. All right, so we see the, the, the these two words in the same context. Number one word remember is um, is authority used here. Um, number two is number two is power. So remember authority is okay we're going to explain define that soon but just take note of them authority and power. So let's look at, at another scripture that sh- explains this Luke chapter chapter 10 verse Luke chapter 10 verse 18 to 19. Luke chapter 10 um, the same that's Luke chapter 10 verse 18 to 19. Anyone there can read for us. Luke chapter 10, verse 18 and 19.
2: Anyone there? Yeah, sure. All right. Luke 10, 18 and 19. So he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Luke, I have given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions and on the full force of the enemy, and nothing will hurt you. Amen.
0: Okay, this is, another, thank you so much, Brother King. This is another scripture that shows this two, um, that brings these two words in the same context. So, as a background story, Jesus Christ had sent his disciples um, to go and preach in the cities, and disciples came back so excited and so happy at the results they got. And um, Jesus Christ, and the, you know, Jesus Christ told his disciples and said, Oh, I saw Satan fall as lightning and I behold, I've given you authority. Now, Jesus Christ was telling them the background story, why they could do the the things that they did. And he said that, I have given you authority, right? If you're reading the King James Version, he says, I've given you power over all the power of the enemy. So you'll be wondering, power versus power. But just like um, the translation he read, reads, it says, I've given you authority. So what happened was that Jesus Christ gave the disciples authority so that when they went out, they could exercise that authority, and it says, "I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy." So the word, the word there, the word um, power there is "dunamis." So Jesus Christ basically was saying, "I've given you authority. I've given you exorcia over all the dunamis, over all the power of the enemy," and it says, "Nothing shall by any means hurt you." So we see these two words again in play, and I read these two scriptures to show us from Scripture that there's a difference between power, and authority. Now, I know today's teaching might be a bit technical. Uh, let me just say it up front. So please indulge me. I uh, will read a lot of scriptures today, and we would have to consult consult the Greek words quite often just to show us the difference between, between power and authority. All right? So um, there's a clear difference between power and authority. There's a difference between the manifestation of power and the manifestation of authority and how it plays out in the believer's life. Praise God. All right. So uh, what I what I didn't do today that I hoped I would have I hoped I would have done um, was to create a table to you know, outline the differences and the scriptures to back each difference, right? And I'm going to do that after this Bible study and share it with us in the group. But so just imagine in your head, right? Just imagine in your head. Oh, and that's right. I could have had. All right. Anyways, just imagine in your head a, a um a table. So on the left side, you have power on the right side, you have authority. Please indulge me, right? Just imagine this in your head on the left side, you have power on the right side. You have authority. Okay. So we are going to join, we're drawing that table and we're going to juxtapose two things, authority and um, power and authority, right? So let us start with number one. We're going to start with the definition of power, Power is the inherent ability to cause a change. Okay, I'm going to take that again. Power is the inherent ability to cause a change. Power is the inherent ability to cause an external change. All right. And I want us to focus on the keyword inherent. Um, Okay, so let's explore the Bible verses before we go and look at authority. Again, let's read Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Um, Remember I said power is the inherent ability to cause an external change. So Acts chapter 1, verse 8, where we just read, I'm going to read this passage a good number of times today. Acts chapter 1, verse 8 says that, But you shall receive power... After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be, you you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So the Bible says something that you shall do what you shall receive power when, it says when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. So there's a condition for receiving power, and the condition is that the Holy Ghost comes upon you, all right? Um, So when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you shall then receive that power. That means the coming of the Holy Ghost represents the introduction to power. But let's look at another scripture in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Someone can read for us if you are there. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. All right, anyone there? Ephesians 3, verse 20. do I read? Now, I to
1: that is able to do exceedingly abundantly, above all that we can ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us?
0: Wow, praise God. Thank you, Faith. So the Bible says that according, um, unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly, above all we can ever ask or think, it now says, according to the power, the word power there is translated dunamis. It says, according to the Power that works in us. And my emphasis here is the is the phrase in us. So when we talk about the power of God, the power is not is not an is the power doesn't come from external. The power is inherent. It works from inside, inside out. Okay. So the power is inherent inside of us, but the power works outside. The power has an external expression, but it is domicile on the inside. So I am not waiting for a man of God to come and give me the power. I'm not waiting for someone special to come and give it to me. I'm not even waiting to till I go to church before the power will start working. No, the power is always inside of me, regardless of where I am. If I go into a shrine, the power is inside of me. If I go to my office, the power is inside of me. If I go to the marketplace, the power is inside of me. Anywhere I go, if I'm in the car, if I'm on the in the plane, wherever I am, the power is inside of me. And here Paul said that um, the power, that, according to the power that works in us, the power works in us. So remember Acts chapter 1 said, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Now, Acts chapter 3, sorry, Ephesians chapter 3 tells us that that power is at work in us. Okay. Um, Paul said somewhere in the book of, uh, this should be in the book of Colossians where he said, I labor earnestly according to the effectual working of the Holy Ghost inside of me. So the working of the Holy Spirit is inside of us, and that's the working of power. So the first thing we need to know about power is that power is an inherent um, ability to cause change. This is so powerful because that means wherever you go, you you carry power. Provided you've received the Holy Ghost, wherever you go, you carry power. You don't need to wait till you are in a church hall. You don't need to wait till you are in a prayer meeting. You don't need to wait till till there's a special location. Everywhere you go, you carry that power. Because power is inherent. Now, because power is inherent, I think I may be running ahead of myself, but let me just say this now. Because power is inherent, the extent to which you manifest the power is dependent on you. All right? The extent to which... um, i just write something down. Um, The extent to which you manifest the power of God is dependent on you because it is inherent. All right, I'm gonna explain this further, but I'll explain more in the next um, point I make. But just take note of this, that power is inherent, all right? So let's move to authority. So remember, we, we have a table, all right? On the left side, you have power. On the right side, you have authority. So let's move to the right side um, and look at authority. Authority is delegated influence from a higher person. All right, so let's then let take that again. Authority is delegated influence from a higher person. Now, my emphasis in this de- definition is delegated, all right? Um, delegated means, so, so a good example, let, let me let me use the example, and I think I used this two weeks ago. Um, a good example is when you look at a traffic warden. If you say a traffic warden at a junction, for instance, let's say it's a police officer, and the police officer is controlling the traffic at that junction. What happens is that the police officer, you know, signals with his hand for cars to come or for cars to stop. Now, the police officer on his own, right, in his own ability doesn't have the power to actually stop a moving vehicle. If I was going to use his hand to stop a moving vehicle, the vehicle would probably just crush him, right? But when he just signals for the vehicle to stop, the vehicle stops. The reason the vehicle stops is because there's an authority that's been delegated to that police officer to carry out that his function. So when he signals to the vehicle, the vehicle stops because of a delegated authority. And if by any chance the vehicle decides to disobey that authority, then there is a consequence for disobedience that the vehicle owner will be, um, will be, will be forced to, to, pen, to be, will be penalized, basically. So authority is delegated to the police officer to control traffic. Where did the authority come from? It came from a higher position, and that is the government. So the government gave the police officer the authority to stop that car or to control the traffic. Now, if the car breaks that, um, breaks that authority, it is as good as the car breaking the authority of the government. So what the car, the, the driver of the car will face is the full weight of the government, even though all the all the driver did was just to disobey the police officer. But the police officer, in fact, the police officer might be smallish in stature, maybe short and slim, right? But at that point, he's carrying the authority of the government with him. So that is authority. Authority is delegated influence. When you can influence a thing because of the, um, because of of what has been delegated to you, all right? So to look at this, we're going to read. Let's read two scriptures. Genesis chapter one verse twenty eight, and please, if at any point you don't understand anything, just um, you can send me chat for send your questions the chat, or you will just write it down at the end. We will take questions. Okay, so let's read Genesis chapter one verse twenty eight, verse twenty eight to thirty. Um, if you're there, you can read for us Genesis chapter one verse twenty eight to thirty. Genesis 21, Genesis chapter 1, sorry, 28 to 30. All right, let me read. And God blessed them, this is referring to man. He says, And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion. That dominion is authority over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over everything that moves upon the earth. And God said, "Behold, I've given you every, I've given you every um, herb bearing seed which is upon the face of the earth, and every tree in which is the fruit of the, in which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat, and to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat. And it was so. Praise God. So this was God." speaking to man and blessing man and telling him um, what the extent of his influence on the earth. And what I want you to note here is that remember I said, influence is delegated authority, right? From a higher power or from a higher position. So God created the earth. It wasn't man that created the earth by, by nature and by default, the person who creates a thing has authority over that thing, right? But man did not create the earth. He didn't create the, the, the um birds of the air he didn't create the animals on the land so there was there was no way he could have you could have authority over them unless the person who created the earth delegated that authority to man and that's exactly what happened so god delegated authority to man and say and basically was saying you know i created the whole earth and everything that is in it but now i'm giving you authority over everything i have created even though you did not create it but i'm delegating this authority to you and so based on that, man could now exercise authority over the birds of the air, the fish in the sea, the, the um, animals on the land, the, the trees and the herbs and everything that grows on the earth. God gave man that authority and so man could legally exercise the authority on the earth. So the influence was delegated to man and that is what authority is. So authority is delegated influence um, from a higher position or from a higher um, from a higher. Um, From higher power, I'm trying to avoid using the word authority. All right, I hope that's clear enough. So let's look at at another scripture again. Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, we'll read verse 1. We read this some minutes ago. We're going to read it again. So Luke chapter 10, verse 1. Anyone can read for us. Luke chapter 10, verse 1. And then we'll read verse 17, 17 to 19. Okay, someone is helping us. Luke chapter 10.
3: Luke 10, verse 1. All right. The Lord chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit.
0: Okay, go to um okay, verse 17, 17 to 19.
3: Okay, 17. When the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him. Lord, even the demons obeyed us when we use your name. Yes, he told them, I saw Satan fall from heaven like me. Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you.
0: Oh, all right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um. So this is, um, okay, background story, right? Jesus Christ sent, he said the harvest is um, plenty, but the laborers are few. So he sent his disciples, he sent his disciples to um, to different cities to go and and preach the gospel. So he sent them ahead of, he sent disciples ahead of himself, right? And then in verse 17, the Bible now lets us know that they came back, just like I said earlier, they came back excited and happy that um, the authority, um, that demons That's- were subject, subject to, them in his name, and then the Bible says here, Jesus Christ explains to them what really happened, and said that the reason why these demons could could be subject to you were subject to you in my name was because I gave you authority, and I want us to look at that verse 19 very well verse 19 says, behold I give unto you authority, so what Jesus Christ gave the disciples wasn't power what he gave them was authority he was sending them, he And the reason why he sent, why he gave them authority was because he sent them, he sent them as delegates, okay? So he delegated authority to them because he needed them to go ahead of him into the cities to do the work of, um, to do the work of evangelizing before he gets into the city. But for them to evangelize effectually and effectively, he had to send, he had to give them authority. So he gave them authority and he delegated, delegated that influence to them so that they could go and preach in his name. And based on the authority that they, they had, that Jesus Christ gave them, they now cast out demons, they heal the sick, and they, they did so many things, right, um, um, because of the authority that was delegated to them. Now, I remember, remember our definition of authority is this. Authority is delegated, delegated influence that is um, given to someone from a, a higher authority, from a higher position. Okay, and um, in this context, the higher position was Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ delegated his authority to the disciples for, for so that they could operate with. So the results that they saw was a result that came because of the authority that was delegated to them. I hope that's clear enough. Um, so delegated authority. All right, and there's a reason why at this point the disciples could not yet manifest power. And I'm going to show you, we're going to look at that um, Further in, in the study, but there's a reason why at this point the disciples could not manifest power. And well, let me just tell you, simply because power, like we saw, um, like we read some minutes ago, power is a function of the coming of the Holy Spirit. And at this point, the Holy Ghost had not yet come upon the disciples. Right, so they were all they could only exercise authority that Jesus Christ delegated to them. All right, so let's move to number two. So remember, we have a we have an imaginary um imaginary table right please pardon me I will share this with us after the bible study so we've said number one we looked at power what power is and we have seeing what authority is number two we're going to look at is exactly what faith said at the beginning of the Bible study um and by the way for those of us just joining us we are discussing power and authority we're trying to look at um, the difference between power and authority and see how they play in the life in the life of a believer see their importance and see, you know what God designed them to to um, how God designed them to operate in the life of a believer. So, I'm looking at the number two difference. Okay, and, and the difference is this: power is a gift, while authority is a function of our relationship with God. So, let me take that again. Power is a gift, but authority is a function of our relationship with God. So, power comes as a result of a gift, and you know what a gift is? A gift is freely giving. All right, you don't need to work for a gift. You don't need to, um, I mean, this is a festive period. When people come to give you gifts, they don't give you gifts in exchange for money. So you don't buy it. A gift is free, number one. And a gift, you don't have to work for it, number two. However, authority is not a gift. Authority is a function of our relationship with God. All right, meaning that um, you cannot, let's assume my dad was a very mighty, man of God, you know, I had so much spiritual authority. I can't go to him and say, oh, daddy, give me authority. As much as he loves me, he cannot give me authority in that sense because authority is not a gift. If there is a manifestation of power in his life that I I really desire, I can come to him and say, oh, daddy, I really desire this manifestation of, let's say, healing or something in, in his life. And he'll say, okay, fine, let me lay hands on you and impart it onto you. And I will get that impartation because it's a gift. But when, we come to, when it comes to his, his authority with God, right, it is a function of his work with God. So he cannot give it to me. He cannot give me the years of obedience and the sacrifices he has had, um, he has had to make with God. All right. So authority is a, is a function of our relationship with God and um, the sacrifices that we, and, uh, we, we make to ensure alignment with God. However, power is a gift. Um, it is not a function of our of, of relationship with God. And that's why someone who gives his life to Christ today can this same day get baptized in the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says that you shall receive power when you receive the Holy Ghost. And the moment you receive the Holy Ghost, um, you have access to the power of God. All right. So let, let's look at some scriptures to back this point up. So we're going to look at power first of all. Luke chapter 24, verse 49 Please, uh, like I said earlier, we're going to read a a, a good number of scriptures just to, you know, buttress our points. So you bear with the um, several scriptures we will read today. So Luke chapter twenty-four, verse twenty-nine. Luke chapter, where's my Luke? Luke chapter twenty-four, verse twenty-nine, verse forty-nine. Anyone there can read for us, please. Luke twenty-four, verse forty-nine. I'll read. All right.
3: I'm reading from the classic amplified version. Right. And behold, I will send forth upon you what my Father has promised. But remain in the city, Jerusalem, until you are clothed with power from on high.
0: Praise God. So you know, this was just Christ. Um, thank you, Tommy. This was Jesus Christ speaking to um his disciples just before he, just before he left, right? And he said, "I'm going to send you the." Promise of my father. We basically say that the father promised you something, or promised you someone rather. And I'm going to send you the promise. Now, a promise is not dependent on a on any activity. It's not dependent on what you on a work you have done. If I promise um, someone, if I promise you a a book, for instance. It's it's not. You don't have to give me money to give you the book. If you give me money to give you the book, then it's no longer a promise. It's, um, it's it's a purchase, not a promise. You bought the book, so it's a purchase. But this case was not a purchase. There was nothing the disciples did on their own parts to to end that promise. So, but just Christ said, I'll I send you the promise of the Father. Meaning, it's a, it was a gift. And he says, however, tarry here until Jerusalem until you are endued with power. Okay, so just Christ was saying, I'll send you the promise. But stay here until you are endued with power. Now I want us to read another scripture in the same Luke chapter in the same book of Luke. Let's go to Luke chapter eleven, verse eleven. I want to see something here. Luke chapter eleven, verse eleven. Anyone there can read for us. Luke eleven, um, read verse eleven to thirteen. Luke chapter eleven, verse eleven to thirteen. Anyone can read for us.
4: Praise God. Hallelujah. Luke 11, 11
0: to Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, yes, yes, yes.
4: Okay. I'm reading from NLT. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your heavenly father give the holy spirit to those who ask him praise god,
0: praise god. thank you thank you so much for reading um so just Christ was at this point was comparing he was trying to explain a point to the um, to the people listening to him and he said think about it you fathers that if your son asks for for bread, will you give him a stone? He said no. If you ask for fish, will you give him scorpion? They said no. That says verse, um, I, I want to point this out, verse, verse 13 says, If you then being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. So, emphasis on the word gifts. So Jesus Christ was drawing a comparison and he said, If you people know how to give good gifts to your children, then how much more shall ye um, how much more shall your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them? That what was what Jesus Christ was saying in essence is that the Holy Spirit is a gift. Meaning you don't have to work for the Holy Spirit. You don't have to labor. You don't have to fast and pray for the Holy Spirit. You don't have to um, um, labor. You don't have to go to Jerusalem to receive the Holy Spirit. You don't have to do all night to receive the Holy Spirit. It's a gift. The gift of the um, the, the Holy Spirit is a gift, and the Father gives him freely. Okay. And remember when we read what we read in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, the Bible says, and you shall receive power when it says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Meaning, when the Holy Spirit is a gift, right? But when the Holy Spirit comes, you have access to power. Meaning, power is a function of a gift, okay? It's a, power is a gift. I, I mean, I don't know how, how else I can say it easily. Power is a function of a gift. Power is a gift, right? Um, because it comes with the Holy Spirit. So the manifestation, and like I said, the manifestation of power. Um, can be can, can, spontaneous. Okay. Someone gives his life to Christ today. That same moment, the person can be baptized in the Holy Ghost. And that same moment, the person can begin to manifest the power of the Spirit because you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. All right. That's because power is a gift. However, authority is not a gift. Authority is a function of our alignment with God. Authority is a function of, of our relationship with God. As we relate with God more and more, we exercise more authority on His behalf. Remember, I said, authority is delegated influence. So the more you work with God, the more of that influence you are able to wield and you're able to operate and exercise on on the earth. Okay, because authority is a function of that relationship and alignment with God. All right, let's read um, Matthew chapter eight, verse seven to nine, and and look at this. Matthew, chapter 8, verse 7 to 9. If you can read from the Passion Translation, please. Matthew, chapter 8, verse 7 to 9. Anyone with the Passion Translation can read for us.
1: Jesus responded, I will go with you and heal him. But the Roman officer interjected, Lord, Who am I to have you come to my house? I understand your authority. For I too am a man who works under authority and have authority over soldiers who serve under me. I can tell one to go and he will go and tell Mm -hmm. another to come and he will come. I order my servants and they do whatever I ask. So I know that all you need is to do is to stand here, command and command healing over my son, and you
0: will be instantly healed. Wow, praise God. Thank you so much, Faith. This is a, um, a very interesting story. Um, and Just just as a, you know, just for Bible study, right? And Bible history, there are only two times that Jesus Christ said, referred to people and said they had great faith. And in those two instances, those people were not, um, they were not Jews. And this is one of the, the instances where Jesus Christ, if you read further down, Jesus Christ said, oh, I've never seen such great faith in, in Israel and all of that. So there's this man that, you know, wanted his daughter to be healed. And Jesus Christ was going to go to his house, right? To lay hands on the child or to probably just pray for the child. But the man was a centurion, a centurion meaning he was a military officer. And he said to Jesus that, you know what? First of all, I don't even feel worthy enough for you to come to my house. I feel like you are such an amazing person. You are such a the son of God that... I feel I don't feel like you are I don't feel worthy enough for you to come into my house right and also secondly I know the way authority works I have seen the way you operate in your life I know that the way you act the way you do your ministry the way you go go to the left and to the right you operate as somebody that, that is under authority and the way I know this is because me myself I am under authority and also I have people that are under me that basically I have people that I exercise authority on um, over and he said, all I just want you to do is, knowing that you, you are, are a man that is under authority, speak the word of, Speak your, the word, and my, my child will be healed. And Jesus Christ did that and the child was healed. This is what the man was saying, basically. The man was saying that, Jesus, because you are a man that, that remains under authority, therefore I have seen that your authority, your words are powerful. I have seen that you're able to exercise so much authority because you yourself, you are submitted to a higher authority. And how did I notice this? I noticed this because I myself, I'm a soldier, and I have people that I submit to, and I also have people that submit to me, basically saying that the extent to which you can exercise authority is dependent on how much authority you yourself have submitted to. Let me take that again. The extent to which you can exercise authority is dependent on how much authority you yourself have, you have submitted yourself to rather, all right? And this is not in my script, but the Holy Spirit just brought this to me. Um, let's turn to the book of, um, you guys are going to help me now. The book of First Peter that says, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil and he will flee. Can someone um, find that scripture for me? um submit yourself to God that should be in oh sorry it's james james chapter 4 let's read that quickly james chapter 4 verse um we'll start reading from verse 7 don't forget what i said what i said is the extent to which you exercise authority is dependent on how much you yourself you have submitted to authority okay and um Where's James? James is after Hebrews. Yes, James chapter 4, verse 7. Um, James chapter 4, verse... Good, James chapter 4, verse 7. Just just verse 7, I'll read it. It says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Praise God. This is such a powerful st- um, um, verse of scripture because it explains or explains us the process and the procedure to which authority is by which authority is exercised. You know I know we've heard the scripture and we've heard several times that we can resist the devil and that is absolutely true. But there is a clause to this. It says that first of all you yourself must be submitted to God. That when you submit to God, then you can now resist the devil and you will flee. So, if you see people who try to resist the devil and the devil is not fleeing, then it is very likely that they, ha- they themselves have not submitted to God. Okay, remember Jesus Christ. Before he left, he said the, um, the, the, the how do say? It? Now he said the God of this age, um, the Prince of this world is coming, but he has he, there, he has nothing in me. That means there's nothing in me that he can trace. That means I'm so submitted to God that there's nothing in me that the enemy can find and please place a grip on. And that's what God expects of us. And that's the way authority operates as well. That we first of all submit ourselves to the authority of God. And that's why authority is not a gift. Authority is based on the relationship we have with God, based on the sacrifices we've made to ensure alignment with God. That is what determines authority. And authority, once we we establish ourselves as under God, we submit ourselves to God. The Bible now says, when you resist the devil, he will flee. And a story that is has come to mind is the story of, um, is the story of the seven sons of Skifa. The Bible says that these seven sons, there was a, a priest called Skiva, and these seven sons, um, he had seven sons, and the seven sons met a demon possessed man, and because they had seen Paul saying, "The name of Jesus, come out," It looked very interesting to do, and they said, "Ah, if Paul can do it. It's not just mentioning Jesus. What is hard in saying, in the name of Jesus, come out." So they said they were going to practice it, and they thought it was exorcism. They thought it was. It was magic. And so they went and met the demon-possessed man and said, in the name of Jesus that and that Paul preaches, I adjure you to come out. And the demon had to give them an education that they did not have before this moment. The demon educated them and said, you see something here? Yeah? Jesus, I know that Jesus you called. I know him because, uh, first of all, he's son of God. He has submitted authority. He has been under God, and now he's exalted. Also, the person you are calling, Paul, you said in the name of Jesus that Paul adjures. That Paul you are mentioning, I know him too, or rather we know him too, because Paul is a man that has submitted to authority. But when we investigate your life, seven of you, you would not submit to any authority. So you can't come and tell me to come out because there's no submission to authority. And the Bible says that the demons pounced on these guys and they beat him blue black. The reason why they couldn't cast that demon out was because they, they were trying to exercise an authority. That they had not submitted themselves to. Remember, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil. But they are not yet submitted themselves to God, right? They just thought it was magic, so they wanted to, to try out something new, okay? And it didn't work, obviously. So authority is not a gift. Authority is based on our relationship with God. Authority is not something that, um, like I said earlier, that you can go and meet a man of God and say, "Oh, you have so much authority in the realm of the spirit. Just lay hands on me. Let me let me partake of your authority." No, you yourself will have to work your work with God, and based on your work with God, you continue to grow in the authority that you are able to exercise. Okay, authority is not a gift, and um, one good example is um, is is the relationship that the moon has with the sun. So the, like we all know, basic science tells us that the, the moon is not the moon doesn't have light of itself, but the moon reflects the light that it gets from the sun. So what happens is that the moon uh, um, um, positions itself and reflects the light from the sun. However, we notice that we, there's what we call the new moon, there's quarter moon, there's half moon, there's three quarter moon, and then there's a full moon. All these are dependent on the alignment that the moon has with the sun. So if the moon aligns itself just at a little angle, we'll look at it and so and say, oh, there's a there's new moon. Basically, just a little part of the moon is reflecting that light. As the moon begins to align itself more and more, a greater part of the moon will, will radiate the light. And then it gets to a point where the moon has aligned itself perfectly such that the whole of the moon is now radiating the, whole, the light from the sun. And that's exactly how we operate with God. That's Depending on the way we are aligned, right, we will reflect and we will represent just a portion of the authority of God. And when you look at um, believers' life, you wonder, uh, you look at two two people, for instance, that that are Christians, they are born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, but one person seems to be having more results and seems to have more authority in the realm of the Spirit. And you ask yourself, why is this so? The answer is because one person has Decided to yield himself more to God, while the other person is still, you know, is still playing in and out, in and out, just giving a portion of himself. You know, the extent to which we submit ourselves to God, the extent to which we align ourselves to God, just like the moon, is is what will determine how much of God's authority we are able to express on the earth. All right. So, authority is not a gift. You, um, um, I can't lay hands on you to receive authority. You would only receive authority based on how much you are aligned. With God, praise Jesus. And let's read. Wow, well, we have okay. Let, let's read, let's read, let's still on authority. Let's read some scriptures. I really want us to do justice to this today. So, we're reading quite a number of scriptures. John chapter 5, verse 26 and 27. John chapter 5, verse 20, And this is how Jesus Christ operated that he could get so much results on earth. John chapter 5, verse 26 and 27. Let me read it. He says, um, for as the father had life in himself, so had he given to the son to have life in himself. So basically the father had life himself and he gave it to the son to have life in himself, right? Verse 27 says, and had given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the son of man. All right. And then let's skip to verse 30. Verse 30 says, I can of my own self do nothing. This was Jesus Christ speaking. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father who has sent me. So Jesus Christ was giving us an insight as to why he could do the things that he did. And he said, number one is that as the Father had life in himself, so also has he given the Son to have life. And he says he has given him authority. So the reason why Jesus could do the things he, could, he did was because he was drawing directly from the Father. And you now see why it was important for Jesus Christ to go and pray frequently, because he needed to know the mind of the Father. He needed to know what the Father was doing. And based on that knowledge, he could excite the Father's authority on the earth. And verse thirty says that I can of my own self do nothing. This, reflect, this, is the, this shows the perfect example um, and perfect reference that um, we just made right now, the moon and the sun. Of the, of the moon's self, the moon can shine no light. So Jesus Christ was basically saying, of myself, I can do nothing. But what I see the Father do, what I hear the Father do, um, that is what I, I, I replicate on the earth. And this is how we exercise authority. Our total reliance and dependence on God is what causes us to, to um, grow in authority. Praise God. All right, let me just read one more scripture. Okay, now I'll just quote it. Um, John chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. we had we made reference to this several times. Jesus Christ, um, the Bible says that Jesus Christ came to his own, his own did not receive him, his, but he says as many as believes, believe on him, as many as receive him, he has given the power to become the sons of God, right? The what power there means authority. So the moment we receive Jesus Christ, we receive authority, and that's the introduction to authority. So we receive authority based on our relationship with um, Jesus Christ. We receive authority based on our relationship and our alignment with Jesus Christ. All right, I hope this second point was clear enough. Let me just recap that. Power is a gift. Power is a gift because it comes with the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost is a gift to us, all right? And also furthermore, even with the expressions of power and the manifestations, um, even when we want to talk about the gift of the Spirit. Um, it's a gift just like, it's, like the phrase um, says. And um, that gift can, then you don't do, you don't work for it. You can get it by impartation and it is so powerful. I mean, we're not talking about this now, but impartations are so powerful. All right. However, there are certain things you cannot get by by their impartation. And that's where we now talk about authority. So, authority is based on your relationship with, with God. Praise God. All right. Let's move to the third point. And I think I already, I've already touched on this. Okay. The last verse I read was John chapter 1, verse 11 to 12. Is that it, Idara? You asked for the last verse. John chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. That was the last verse I read. All right, good. Okay, so let's move to the third point. The third point is an offshoot from the second point I just made. And the third point is this. We receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon us. And we grow in power by engaging the Holy Spirit, primarily through prayer. All right, let me say that again. We receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon us, and we grow in power by engaging the Holy Spirit primarily, primarily through prayer and the Word. Sorry, I omitted that. Primarily through prayer and the Word. Okay. Um, so let us read. Uh, let's read the verse of Scripture, or a couple of verses to to show this point. So what I'm basically saying in this point is that. Power is a function of the Holy Spirit, just like I'd mentioned earlier. But also, we can grow in the manifestation of power, and we grow in that manifestation when we engage the Holy Spirit through, um, through prayer and through the Word of God. So Acts chapter one verse eight, we've read this several times, but let's still read it again. Acts chapter one verse eight. Acts chapter one verse. It reads, and it says, but you shall receive power. So, Jesus Christ was talking to disciples and saying, you will receive power. However, there is a condition to receiving power. He says, when the Holy Ghost, after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and then you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and onto the uttermost path of the earth. So, Jesus Christ was speaking to his disciples and said. You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. I want to say something here that power is not only for pastors. Power is not only for prophets or for evangelists or for apostles. Power is for every single person that is a believer. As long as you are a believer, you have a need to to possess the power of the the Holy Spirit. And why do I say this? Because the purpose for power is witness. Jesus Christ said, you shall, be, um, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. So the purpose for receiving power is to witness Christ. And that assignment to witness Christ is given to every single believer. It is not only to an evangelist. No, it's not only to a pastor or a prophet. It is given to every single believer. So Jesus is saying that for you to be an effective witness, you must receive power. Meaning if you, are, if you work in a bank, you can witness Christ. But for you to witness Christ, you must have power. If you work in manufacturing industry, you can witness Christ. But for you to witness Christ, you must have power. If you are a teacher, yes, you can witness Christ. But for you to witness Christ, you must have power. So power is not the exclusive reserve of those who preach on a pulpit. No, 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 no. Every single person has access to power. Praise Jesus. And every single believer, rather, has access to power through the Holy Spirit in their lives. Okay? So remember, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Um, what, let us read... Quickly, Acts chapter 10 verse, Acts chapter 10 verse 38. This is one of my favorite verses of scripture. Acts chapter 10 verse 38. Anyone there can read for us? And please, I hope I'm not moving too fast. Hope I'm not talking too fast. If I am, you can just send a message to say, you know, slow down or something. But Acts chapter 10 verse 38. All right, anyone there? Yeah.
5: Yes,
3: I'm there. Go on, here, yeah. go on. Do you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power? Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for it was with him.
0: Praise God! This is one of the verses of Scripture that really helped me. Um, that that helps me begin to experience the power of God practically, and it's the fact that the Bible says how God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Ghost and with power. Remember, I said, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. That means wherever you see the Holy Ghost, then there's power. Whoever has been baptized in the Holy Spirit has access to power. Praise God. All right? So you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Um, Pardon, the lights will be back in a few seconds. So you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, right? That means the the presence of the Holy Ghost um, results in the manifestation of power. Give me a minute, please. Um. All right. So the manifestation of power comes, uh, or rather, the access to power comes when the Holy Ghost is present. And like I said, every single one of us who is baptized in the Holy Ghost has access to power. You don't need to wait for a special, special meeting or anything. On your on your own, you can begin to manifest the power right? Because the power of the Holy Ghost comes, um, the power of God comes, right, with the Holy Spirit, okay? And the Bible says that how Jesus Christ went about doing good. So remember, again, I told us that the purpose of power is to witness. And this is what this verse tells us, that God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Ghost and with power, and then he went about doing good. That is witnessing. So when you receive power, the purpose of power is to witness, is to witness the purpose of power is not just to sit down in your room and feel the anointing all over you and you're shaking. No, the purpose of power is to witness, witness for Christ. And I dare say that it is impossible to be an effective witness for God without the power of the Holy Spirit. It is impossible. It is so impossible that people would, would tell people would doubt your ministration if there is no power. You know, let, let me share an example. Um, um what year was this? This was, I was in 200 level, by the way. I was in 200 level um, second semester. I think I might have shared this with us some time ago. But anyways, we had, we had, we we're just alone in school. Um, we had what we call students, students' work experience program. Most Nigerian investors have that. So for 200 level engineering, engineering students in school. So while in the school, we continued having a small fellowship. And I was the, I was the one leading the fellowship at that, at that point. Um, you know, just having fellowship twice in a week. So on the last day of this fellowship, I said to everyone, I mean, I didn't expect anything to happen, but the second to the last meeting, I told them that you guys should get ready, the power of God will move, you know, um, get ready is the last day, God will move his power. I was just trying to ginger them to come more, that's what I was trying to do, just to ginger them to come for the last meeting, you know, encouraging them to come. But God honored my what I said. And on the, that day, I remember I, I spoke with a couple of my friends who were, you know, who said that. Who were with me in the fellowship and helped us organize fellowship, and I told them that we should fast that last day and you know just trust God to do something wonderful. And so we fasted, and time for the meeting came. And I remember I preached on John chapter, I preached on John chapter, first John chapter one, no first John chapter two, verse twenty-seven and twenty-nine. And it got I was reading, reading from NIV and it got to a point when I where I read and but the scripture says the anointing of God is real. When I got to that point, I felt so much power and i felt god was emphasizing that so i kept on telling them the anointing is real the anointing is real you know and i finished preaching and we're going to close so to conclude i told them that um we're going to pray that we should just rise up to our to our feet and hold hands together as we pray and something just happened that amazed me the moment we we rose up are not to praise pray people were still standing i mean you know people are still standing upright to hold hands and as they were as they held hands the girl in front of me just fell under the power of God. And I was so surprised. I did not know what happened. I was shocked. She just fell under the power of God. Everybody was surprised. Me too, I was surprised, to be honest. And that's how the power of God just broke out and, and things started happening all around. And I prayed for the sick. And people were healed instantly. People got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Different things happened that meeting. That was the first time I saw the tangible manifestation of the Holy Ghost in my hands. And I went back and I said, if the Holy Ghost is real, then I need to explore this dimension. And that day, people believed more because they saw the power of God at work. And I'm now I'm not saying the power of God always manifests in that way, but I'm saying that if there's no manifestation of God's power in your life, people, it will be difficult to effectively witness for Christ, all right? Okay, so power is a, um, power is, we, we receive power when we receive the Holy Ghost, and then we grow in power when we engage the Holy Spirit. And I want to read us a verse of scripture. Acts chapter 6, verse um, 5. Acts chapter 6, verse 5. Um, someone can read for us if you're there. Acts chapter 6, verse 5. Anyone there can read for us? Anyone? Acts chapter 6, verse 5, yeah? Uh-oh. No one?
4: Praise God. Hallelujah. Acts six five NLT. Yep. Everyone liked this idea, and they chose the following: Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit; Philip; Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas of Antioch, an earlier convert to the Jewish faith.
0: Praise okay, God. praise God. Read verse eight as well, please.
4: Verse six.
0: No, verse 8, verse 8.
4: Okay. Stephen was a man full of God's grace and power, performed amazing, sorry, Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed amazing miracles and signs among the people.
0: Praise God. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. So, I just want, well, background story. They're they're going to select um, deacons to help with the church and help with the um administrative activities of the of the early church and the verse 5 gives us the list of the people gives us a, li- a list of the people that they had selected right and um it begins to list the name but when it, when it came to stephen it gives us a description of who stephen was and it says that they chose him and they chose stephen a man full of faith and the holy ghost so i want you to take note of that stephen was a man full of faith and the holy ghost that was how they described stephen in verse in verse um, 5, and then went on to call the list of other people. Now go to verse 8, right? So think time had gone and there things were beginning to happen, right? And now says in verse 8, it says, And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Meaning in verse 5, um, they described Stephen as a man full of faith and the Holy Ghost. But when we came to verse eight, they described him as a man full of faith and power, meaning there was now a progression from Holy Ghost to power, right? And, and so what had happened in between? Something must have changed, right? Because in verse five, they didn't tell us that he did miracles or anything. But when we got to verse eight, the way they even knew he was full of power was because they, they said that great miracles, um, great wonders and miracles were done among the people through his hands, meaning Stephen had developed himself, right? From just the Holy Spirit within him to the point where there was now power at work in his life. And this is actually a whole, new, a whole different conversation. But I just want to point out that when we receive the Holy Ghost, when someone gets baptized in the Holy Ghost, the, the power of the Holy Ghost is in him, but it's always a potential. But when we begin to engage the Holy Spirit through prayer and through the um, revelation of God's word, what happens is that the manifestation of the Holy Spirit begins to have an outward expression in our lives. And then we now see power being um, at work. So we grow in power as we engage the Holy Ghost. And one of the primary ways we engage the Holy Spirit or we grow in power is by praying in tongues. Praying in tongues is so powerful. Praying in the Spirit is so powerful. It converts that deposit of the Holy Spirit as a potential into a kinetic and dynamic outworking power, all right? So if you see people that manifest the power of the Holy Ghost, one one consistent trait you see in their lives is that they pray in tongues a lot. And the Bible, um, Paul, speaking, he says, I, I thank God, thank my God, because I pray in tongues more than ye all." Now, I know that there may be some people who don't pray in tongues yet and who have questions about this, uh, which is absolutely fine. And um, we'll discuss that, definitely not in today's class, but let me just state that praying in tongues is one of the ways we we engage the power of the um, we get the Holy Ghost until there's an outworking power in our lives. All right, so remember for power we receive power by the Holy Spirit and then we grow in power by engaging the Holy Spirit primarily through praying in tongues and through the Word of God. Now we go to authority. We receive authority when we are born again, and we grow in authority through. Our obedience and the sacrifice that causes us to be in alignment with God. Let me take that again. We receive authority when we're born again, and the Bible says we read this before in um, in um, John chapter one, verse eleven to twelve. The Bible says that Jesus Christ came to His own, but His own did not receive Him. Um, but it says, however, as many as receive Him and as believe in His name, He has given them the right. He has given them the authority. To be called sons of God, okay? Children not born of natural descent, of the will of flesh, of the will of man, but born of God. So the first point we have, we first point of call where we receive authority is when we are born again. And let me let me read another scripture um, just to show this. Let us read. Um, this should be Mark chapter sixteen. Mark chapter sixteen. I don't know if we'll be able to finish today, honestly. Because time is far, far spent. Okay, Mark, Mark chapter 16, verse... Look at verse 15. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. I'll, I'll read quickly. And he said unto them, this is Jesus Christ. He said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believe not shall be damned. Verse 17 says, And all these, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out demons, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it shall not hurt them, they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Praise Jesus. Um, so Jesus Christ was telling disciples that went to all the world and preach, and whoever believes, these signs shall follow them that believe. And what are the signs? You shall cast out de- demons, they shall speak in new tongues, you know. And he went on and on. So those signs will come to those that believe because there's an authority that comes to a believer, someone that just gives him, gives his life to Christ, has access to authority, okay? Now, how do we then grow in authority? We grow in authority through our obedience to Christ and the sacrifices that we take for the kingdom of God and and um, and the, the discipline that allows us to to be in alignment with Christ. Let me take that again. We grow in authority by our alignment with Christ, by the obedience to God, and by the sacrifice we make for his kingdom. Now, you may look at some people, for instance, and say, ah, this person doesn't, For let's say pastors, for instance, you may look at someone and say, ah, this person doesn't, his message is not Jim, 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 but he has authority. And you may look at another person that has so much, that's quoting so much scriptures, quoting so much Rema has Greek, has... Has um, Hebrew has everything, but he's not manifesting so much authority. The difference is that one person has spent time working with God. One person has made so many sacrifices for God's kingdom. One person has, has, has been placed has placed himself under the discipline and the demand to be in alignment with God while the other person is just you know is full of chari- charisma, full of um, energy and full of charisma, but no he hasn't disciplined himself to obey God. So the more we walk in obedience with God, the more we grow in our ranking in authority. The more we yield ourselves to the work of the kingdom, you know, the more we grow in authority. Let, let, me, let me give a practical example. Um, how many of you have ever listened to um, Pastor Adeboye's, Adeboye's messages? I mean, maybe once or just maybe listen to any of his messages. If you listen to his message, you, he's very calm. He doesn't shout, he doesn't, he doesn't do a lot of gym, jim, gym. gym he just say things like, oh, my father said there's someone here whose left leg will grow and be with the right leg. And right there, miracles are happening. There's no, as it were, if you listen to his messages, it doesn't, sound, it doesn't sound very deep. It just sounds very basic. But the amount of authority that man exercises is, I believe in Nigeria, there's no person that exercises that much authority. So the question is why? Because he has spent time working with God Spend time. He has made several sacrifices for God that we probably will never notice we'll go to heaven. He has spent several uh, sacrifices for the kingdom of God. And with every sacrifice we make for God, our authority in the spirit realm increases. So that is the way we grow in authority. We grow in authority by the sacrifices you make for the kingdom of God, by your obedience to the disciplines of God. So if God looks at you and says today, for instance, and says, oh, my child, I want you to stop... Um, Stop going to a particular place, or or cut off your relationship with this person, and you maybe you like this person so much, you, you maybe it's even okay, but let me not say your boyfriend. The first one will say, "I'm t- I'm t- instigating breakup now." Maybe there's somebody in your life, shall that God says, "I don't want you to be relating with this person," and then you you struggle, 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 but you ended up obeying that singular act of obedience adds to your authority in the realm of the spirit. So one day you just. We pray for something and you see that that thing comes to pass quickly you'll be wondering but my prayer was not anything deep it was just a simple prayer what you don't know is that that's your obedience and the series of obedience you've been you've been um you've been following through has added your rank in the realm of the spirit and has increased your authority so with every obedience your authority grows and with every sacrifice you make for the kingdom so when you see people that for instance god calls comes to them and says you know what this is your car, sell it and give it to this ministry. I, they need the money for the work of the kingdom. And these people obey. What happens is that that obedience and that sacrifice increases their rank in the kingdom. And that's why the Bible says that obedience is better than sacrifice. Let me tell you what this means. So to work in power, eh? to in power, you, if you fast and you pray in tongues a lot, right, you'll begin to manifest the power of God. But to work in obedience, you cannot fast your way into. Sorry, to work in authority, you cannot fast your way into authority. You have to walk by obedience. And so the Bible now says obedience is greater than sacrifice. So if someone comes and says, "I'm going to sacrifice my food, <clears throat> sacrifice my food for the next, for the next um, seven days, I won't eat anything," and you're just praying, praying, praying. However, God has asked that person to maybe give his car to someone, for instance. And that person doesn't obey, but he decides to be fasting and fasting and praying. That person will not move into the next uh, next realm of authority that God has prepared for the person because the key to authority and the key to growing authority is by walking in obedience. You cannot fast your way into authority. You cannot pray for 10 hours and you get authority. No, it is the sacrifices and your diligence and your obedience to working with God that gives you rank and causes you to grow in authority. Praise God. Wow. Um let's read first Peter chapter 4. No, 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 no. Let's read Romans chapter 8 first. Romans chapter 8, verse 16. I honestly, okay, you know what? After this, we're gonna end. We're gonna end with the last point. After this, okay, yeah. After this end with last point, that's fine. So um Romans chapter 8, verse 16 and 19. Somebody should please read for us Romans chapter 8. Verse okay. 16 and 19, yeah.
6: Go ahead. Uh Romans
0: 8:16. Yeah.
6: The spirit itself bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. And verse 19. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God.
0: Oh no, so so read read verse. Read yeah, verse. Um Read from verse 16 through to 19,
6: yeah. Uh That's more like
0: it. Yeah. Okay, hold on.
6: Please, let me read another version. Go ahead. Uh, One minute, please.
5: Sorry. Mm
6: -hmm. Okay. God's spirit joins himself to our spirits to declare that we are God's children. Since we are his children, we will possess the blessings he keeps for his people, and we will also possess with Christ what God has kept for him. For if we share Christ's suffering, we will also share his glory. Uh, Consider what we we suffer at at this present time cannot be compared at all with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. All of creation waits with eager longing for God to reveal his
0: children. Wow, praise God. Okay, well, so... No, no, that, that's it, that's it. Thank you very much. So there's something I want to say that time would not permit me to explain it in detail um, because the explanation is a bit technical. But just just believe I'm saying the truth. Um, glory, is a, glory is a function of authority. That means the extent of glory that a person manifests in his life is a function of the authority that he he or she um, has with God, all right? So let's look at this. So Paul here said the Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And then he goes to verse 7 and says that if we are children, then we are heirs of God and we are joint heirs with Christ, which is an exciting exciting thing we would love to all confess and declare. Oh, I a joint heirs with Christ, meaning what Christ has access to, I have access to it, all the blessing, the spiritual resources, the power, I have access to it which is fantastic and it is absolutely true. But that's not where this verse ends. It continues to say that if we then, if so be that we suffer with him, then we'll also be glorified with him. Basically saying, if we share in his suffering, then we will also share in his glory. You know what? A lot of people are expecting to share in the glory of God. And a lot of people confess. Now, clearly the Bible, has, the Bible lets us know that we, we carry the glory of God but sharing practically in the experience of God's glory can only come one way when you share in his suffering. All right. And um, when you share in his suffering, this is what happens. Every time, let's say every time someone mocks you for the king for the sake of God's kingdom, let's say you are in a group or a group of friends or in a place or in an office, for instance, and um, yeah, everybody's you know, cutting corners, doing something smart, something sharp, you know, stealing money or just doing something quick. But you decide that, no, based on your relationship with God, you won't do this, right? And then they mock you and say, look at you, you'll be Jew. And you probably don't even, let's assume they make millions of naira from that deal in quotes, but you decide to just stick with your salary and not, not join to cut corners. So they, they, the next day, the next month, so they buy a new car, someone buys a Lexus uh, 2020 version, another person buys a messages, and then you're still driving your 2007 version of Corolla. And then they look at you and they, they mock you, Listen, that very act, right, that you did will automatically cause the glory of God to increase over your life. And that glory represents authority as well. Because when they mock you for the sake of the kingdom, when you experience rejection and suffering and, and they spite you, the sake of the kingdom the bible says that there's glory that will be revealed so in that context you are sharing in the sufferings of god because they mocked jesus christ they told him ah if you raise the dead if you heal the sick or heal yourself now physician heal yourself as well so the mockings of christ you've you've partaken of it and so also you partake of the glory of christ and i'm saying this to, to let us know that the way we grow in authority is not is not being so let me just say the truth is not by bread and butter, is by working with God diligently. There are things that, yes, Christ has, has given to us that requires no other, um, no no prior, no other um, contribution on our part. But there are other things that for us to partake of, we must share in His sufferings. And the glory of Christ is one of them. Praise Jesus. All right, so I'm, I'm, I have more scriptures to read, but I wouldn't read that because of time. And I'm just going to move quickly to the last point I want to make for for this now having said all of this um power is not so this is the last point i'm going to make power is not an accurate measure of a person's um spirituality power is not an accurate so the manifestation of power is not an accurate measure of the person's maturity spiritual maturity all right and um the reason is very simple is because Power is based on a gift. And the Bible says that the gift and callings of God are without repentance. Meaning, if God has bestowed a gift upon someone, even if the person is backsliding, the gift will still remain there because the gift and callings of God are without repentance. However, on the other side, authority reflects our sacrifice and our alignment to Christ, okay? And when you read Philippians chapter two, um, from verse five to 11, the Bible says that let this mind, which was in Christ, Christ be also in you, um, who counted, counted himself not, it, it, who considered his equality to, with God as nothing, but was humble, was submissive to death, even to death on the cross. Then he says, "Therefore God had highly exalted him, meaning God had increased his authority and, expi- um, and influence over the earth, and giving, giving him a name that is above every, every other name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and at day, and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord." So what happened was that Jesus Christ submitted himself to God and God exalted him. This is what we're talking about. However, power is not an accurate measure of someone's spiritual maturity. And um, time will not permit us to read the story of Satan, but he's a very good example to use at this point, Lucifer. So while Lucifer was in heaven, he was the golden cherub, he was the anointed cherub, right? Um, That's what the Bible refers to him as. He was the anointed cherub. Remember, Jesus Christ, um, the Bible says concerning Jesus Christ that God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power. So when we talk of anointings, we refer to giftings as well. So um, Lucifer was the anointed cherub, but then he rebelled and you know declared independence from God and the, uh, he was cast down to the earth. However, when he was cast down to the earth, his power was not taken from him, but his authority was taken from him because authority is a function of our alignment with God. So the moment Lucifer was out of alignment, he no longer had authority, but he had power because power is inherent. When God gives someone power, the power is inside of him, right? It works with him. The the person can determine and decide to manifest the power at any time because it is inherent and it's a gift. So when Lucifer was cast out of heaven, the power still remained in him, um, even though he did not have authority, and how did I know? How do I know that he still had power? Oh, we tweeted this last week, so it's a long study. So, just to listen to last week's um, last week's teaching. We we saw the fact that um, um, that Lucifer had power. The Bible says that all all power and um, sorry, not that scripture. Um, Luke chapter ten, yes. When Jesus Christ said, "I have given unto you authority to trample over all the powers of the enemy." So the word power there is dunamis. So that, that's confirming the fact that the devil had, has power, that's dunamis power, okay? But he doesn't have spiritual authority anymore because the authority now belongs to the church, all right? So power is not an accurate measure of, um, of someone's maturity. And I'm saying this to explain to us that there are times you go and you see, maybe you go to a church, for instance, or you see a pastor and the pastor is manifesting power. You see killings and different things happening. It doesn't mean the person is necessarily accurate. He could have started wrongly, and this is bothering around discernment now, but let me just say it. He could have started rightly, sorry, um, but and then had power, had access to power, but at some point maybe started contaminating or mixing the power with other things, right? And he was out of alignment with God. But the power is still working, but doesn't mean he's in alignment with Christ. And there are people you see that probably started manifesting the power of God, and when they saw that uh, people like power. Then that's like charging money for the manifestation of God's power. So they say, if you want healing, okay, drop hundred thousand. If you want um um one special miracle, drop two fifty. That person is clearly out of alignment with God, but the power can still be in manifestation. So you don't judge a person's spiritual growth by the manifestation of power. You judge the person's spiritual growth by his alignment and his willingness to submit to the authority of Christ Jesus over his or her life. Praise God. All right, so uh, this is all we can take for today. Oh, and let me just say one last thing. Hmm? And I am—I um, think Faith mentioned it earlier, that authority is greater than power. And there's really no time to explain all of this now, but authority is greater than power. That means if there's anything you should strive for, first of all, strive for both of them. The power of God is so important, right? Because we need it for witnessing. The authority of God is important because that's how we, we exercise influence on the earth. I can't explain this now, but that's the way we exert influence on the earth, all right? So strive for both of them, but between both of them, authority is greater than power, all right? I never forget that. So, um, always strive for, strive to be in alignment with God, strive to, strive to be accurate with God. There's nothing more important than being accurate with God. It's, the amount of authority available is, is limitless. Praise Jesus. All right, so time's up. Um, we just going to take questions quickly uh questions quickly uh, this there's still a lot to discuss about this but we have to stop now so please if you have questions um this is the time to ask your questions and let's see how we can do justice to them all right anyone with a question faith idara cco emily olua to Oluwa Tosin, Deji, Okwe, Olua, any question hmm. no one has a question None for me all right okay so this is so this means or is it safe to assume that we all understood everything i said even though i think i was, I was talking quite fast but does this mean we, we are clear on everything we said okay if we uh, yes okay thank you okay all right so if we are clear this is just the same way we do it um so someone just tell me one thing you learned from today's from today's um discussion just one thing you learned from today's teaching anyone can go first oh anyone wants to share what they learn Olua um, do you want to go first? Tell us what you learned today. Just one thing, one thing you learned, no matter how small it is or how big it is. This is one thing you learned. Okay, I, guess I learned that.
3: Well, something I knew already was. Still, Sorry, uh, can,
0: you, can you be louder? We are not hearing clearly.
3: Okay, I said, can you yeah. hear me
0: now? Oh, yeah, this is better. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, we can't hear you now. All right.
3: I said it's something still, like it's like to that to me. The dance starts. To can you hear me?
0: Okay, now I can hear you, but I lost you for a bit.
3: Okay. I said it's better to obey than to start running elder skelter and doing some other things that they are not supposed to do instead of just simply obeying.
0: Mm. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. That's right. Obedience is better better than sacrifice. All right, any other person wants to go? Share what you learned today.
3: Hi, everyone. This Hi, Dara. Is- Okay, uh, I've learned a lot too much. I loved it. Wow, like (laughs) okay, I hope we'll continue next week because I know Faith asked the question. And I think, um, one that really caught me, um, was something you said recently just the analysis of how Satan still has that power. So it gave me clarity on that scripture of, um, Gift of God, for repentant, mm. you know, and I just looking at it really opened my eyes. So yes, power is a gift, and and once God gives you that gift, He won't because of you know, He's not repentant of it. But then that authority and and which is so clear, we we actually have that first authority because we are born again. Get yeah, but but Satan does not have the authority; he just has power to do what, yeah. um, you know. And I think that really open my eyes right now so yeah yeah thank
0: you you. (laughs) thank you so much there for sharing um did you did you want to say something yes i did all right uh so
6: you i joined in late but when i joined in i i heard you say something about (laughs) uh, how we need to walk with god and um, before we can exercise power or authority And uh, you quoted a scripture where you said, submit yourself to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So uh, I know that means that without God, without being in agreement with God, uh, we cannot accurately exercise this authority or power. So many, uh, many of us usually just skip the submit yourselves to God and then we go straight to resist the devil and he'll flee from God. Without God, we can't do that. So if we're not working uh, hand in hand with God, then nothing's going to work for us. So that's that's what I've uh,
0: Yeah, thank you. Thanks so much, Deji. Deji. So I read a scripture to show that um, submitting to God comes first before resisting yeah. the devil. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, thank you. All right, anyone else? One more person before we go.
1: Praise God.
0: Hallelujah.
1: So still on authority, um, more emphasis on the fact that we need to submit to God and we need to obey God. We have to be in alignment with God to be Mm -hmm. able to exercise authority. So the sacrifices that we make for the kingdom and our obedience to God's instruction are the things that would increase our authority. And the scripture that you, you, you said about, the, um, about the, the songs of, I kind so so of know, so basically yeah. the songs of skipa, that they called the name of Jesus, like you expect power in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then the demon answered and said, oh, Benny, we don't know you, we don't mm-hmm. know who you are. Zero, zero, authority So basically, our alignment, it's not just calling the name of Jesus. So there's an alignment that has to be. And the fact that the power thing, where it says that, I think that Dara mentioned, that it um, cannot be withdrawn, cannot be taken back. That basically shows how sometimes where we see some men of God or pastors that we feel that, maybe they've lost their alignment, but they are still operating in giftings.
0: things.
1: Yeah.
0: <sighs> yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much, Faith. Okay. This, I think, would be all for today. Um, Really, thank you guys so much. I know today's teaching... Sorry, Victor. So,
6: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, another thing. Uh, okay. Just trying to add to what Faith said. Uh, okay. I'm feeling complete it. Because you mentioned that yes, there are some people who, who are probably falling out of line with God, and because they still have the gifts, they are mm-hmm. able to exercise that power. Mm-hmm. Or, so, as believers, uh, we should not be carried away with power with despair. Yeah. Of power. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned discernment, and I think that's a very important thing for all of us to have, uh, because I mean when you consider politics, you know that all these politicians will play on our intelligence. They know mm-hmm. how to control the masses, but it's only with discernment you you'll be able to properly identify or see into the mind of someone, whether the person is uh, for good or the person bears bad intentions. So it's the same thing with um, the pastors who display power too. Uh, yes, we know some pastors May not be in agreement with God, but because they have that gift, they keep using it, they draw crowds and all that, but there are some times when I walk into a church and then, yes, there's so much show of power, but just deep within me, I can tell that, okay, you know, what this man is saying, mm-hmm, it's not in agreement with what I know to be in scriptures, yeah. things like that. So discernment is really uh, important for us as believers. That's, that's, uh, that's all I wanted to add.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much, Digi. That's so true. Um, yeah, so so sure. I don't want to. If I start talking on that, we would uh tend
6: so to expand on, but you don't have time. to we next time week
0: today. Oh no, by the way, so next week, like I mentioned, so we're going on a break for the year. So we we'll don't be Bible yeah. study next week, uh, up till next year. So there's just two weeks left in the year. Um, so we have two Tuesdays left in the year. So next week and the one after. So we'll go on a break. We would be back. I I would confirm the dates to us. But well, most likely it will be the second week in January. So the reason why we're taking the break is so that we can um rest for the year and also prepare for the new for the new year. So we'll take a break. And um, God willing, if God permits us, we'll see explore along these lines. Um yeah, by, by God's grace. So let's see what what year ha- has in stock for us. All right. So we're gonna end now, but just quick one here. Um I I am guessing this is your first time joining us so if you don't mind sharing who invited you or how did you how did you find us forgive me for putting on the spotlight Yes,
3: yeah. it's my first time can you hear me i can hear you yeah can you hear me
0: yes i can okay
3: yeah it's my first time i just saw the link on to status to Faluta. oh wow the status i just clicked it and i joined
0: okay you know the funniest thing is yeah. that i actually don't know who invited to as well so I may have to trace that.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, invited yeah, to we have so many potential evangelists in the group. So thanks for all the invites. Um please do me a favor. Yeah, you can send the link, the the uh, what the the link to the WhatsApp group to them, to those that aren't here, and um, also if you haven't joined the group, please I encourage you to join the group. I assure you, and those in the group can tell. There's no there are no spam, there are no There are no click this link and you get free iPhone kind of messages. Mm. Just purely. You want free money. money? (laughs) Uh I don't have the authority. (laughs) 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 But yeah, um, it would be good to join the group. So you just have access to all the information at once. All right. Um, Okay, Tosin just joined (laughs) us. Tosin, thank you for joining us back, even though we're just concluding. So I'm going to put you on the spotlight, Tosin. Please tell us who invited you How did you join? Okay, sorry, Ida already said that. Okay, never mind. But welcome, we're welcoming. By the way, welcome to our Bible study, and um, we hope to see you next time which most likely. have
6: a a question.
0: Very much. Eh? who has a question? Is it Tosin or DJ?
6: It's DJ. Oh, DJ. Okay. I want to put somebody on the spot. right. let's get ready. Since I've been joining this Bible study, I don't know whether it's me or but Emily has never, ever, ever joined. Please, can she speak up for herself?
0: All right, Mrs. Agape, you are on the spotlight. Uh, I hope she's there. (laughs) Ah, wow. Mrs. Emily Agape, are you there? Okay. (laughs) Unfortunately, she isn't here. She's she probably stepped out. Yeah, problem. maybe I maybe she stepped up yeah. or something. You know, things happen. Fun fact things happen in the house that sometimes I don't even know what's, what goes on. So no, I just want to so
6: inquire. This has been uh revealing. Uh, thank you, Victor. Uh, thank God. I know I have learned so much. In fact, if I start talking, we won't end this session. But another thing I wanted to say, okay, yeah, you okay. pointed out the differences between those who exercise power and those who have the real authority. Mm-hmm. Uh, those who, who know a lot about, you know, word of knowledge, they know a lot about scriptures, they know the uh, different languages and all that. And then there are those who work with God who exercise authority. So when you were saying that, I was thinking to myself that, ah, wow, let me not go and be, like, be like a person who just carries knowledge on his head and he's not even displaying authority. It's not the box I want to fall into in my life at all. And I don't think
0: it's any box any believer would want to fall into. So that's yeah. that's a it's a big trap. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Um sorry, Tosin. Just quickly, do you want to say one thing you learned for today? Um, from all at least for the period you're around. Hi there, Tosin. Yes, I'm here. All right, right John, show us one thing you learned, or if you have a
5: question from what we discussed today. Oh, no question so far. But um, I learned that we have um, both power, power and um, authority over over almost any circumstance that comes our way, since um, the power is. Um, within us which is an uh, inherent and um, authority is um, the power God has bestowed upon us to, to battle anything basically. So through God I have, been, I have authority over anything and with the Holy Spirit I can bring forth the power within me to, 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 to just shine it out to the world that's I was able to learn that.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. So all Thanks right. So yeah, we'll see you guys um next year, I believe. But I mean, you know, nothing is cast in stone. If next week the Holy Spirit say we should do a meeting, I'll just call us back. But so far, based on all what I know so far, we'll meet next next year. Um again. All right, so thank you. Have a wonderful night, everyone. You are blessed. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.
3: Thank Bye. you Bye. so Bye. Much. Guys. You. Bye. Bye.
0: See you guys next year. <laughs> see you guys next year.